A lot of companies really struggle to connect their brands with very specific demographics. In fact, I talk about it all the time with my clients about who your ideal client persona is. And oftentimes we get companies and brands who are really trying to target a demographic that's very different than their own employees and their own uh, administrative staff. And so the connection between them and their ideal persona can be very, very hard to connect. This episode is fascinating because I interviewed a woman who is an amazing expert on diversity and on connectivity to different demographics and especially connecting with specific generational gaps that a lot of companies have a hard time doing. So if you are a company who's having a hard time connecting with a very specific generational gap or a very specific target audience, this may be the interview you have been waiting for because you are gonna hear some tips and tricks about how this woman, Lauren Coleman, has been able to take her brand and not only connect it from uh, old to young, but also take clients of hers and connect them to the perfect audiences that need to hear their message in a way that they want to hear it, which is the hardest part about marketing and one of the reasons why many businesses fail to scale. Welcome to the Growth and Scaling Podcast. This is your host, Todd Westra, and I am so glad you're here today because we are going to interview an amazing founder or executive who is gonna share with us their decisions that they made that exploded their growth. So if you need some inspiration, you wanna hear how other businesses are doing it, this is a place to be and we are glad you're here. Enjoy this episode. I am so excited to have you on this podcast today, Lauren. I just want to take a minute though before, for my benefit and for those listening, give us a little intro. Who are you and what do you do? Wow. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Todd, for having me. Um, What I do, I think, is uh, rather unique and so it doesn't have a, a typical title. It's funny. I remember somebody saying, I don't know about four years or so ago, maybe even more. If you have a title that, you know, everybody can explain and understand, then you're already obsolete. (laughs) So I'm going to like, just go with that (laughs) and and assume that it's right. But um, the one that I've settled on most recently is feature media architect, right? So one who is helping to shape um, all things future media. I define that as everything and anything emerging technology at the intersection of mass media and entertainment. Um, emerging technology being AI. That's a mouthful. It is. Um, yeah. AI, 5G, digital currency, um, blockchain, Web3, and the metaverse. Um, I'm absolutely passionate about anything around communications and media. It, it is so critical because it's informing us and you know, kind of connecting us, but yet a lot of people, I think kind of, you know, just overlook it and it's everything, right? So as traditional media and entertainment converge with this space, it's going to be even more powerful and it will move so fast. And so I'm working on several different things in this space to really help it to be as um, inclusive and innovative and fun and as amazing as it can possibly be. So there you have it. Right. Well, that, that's it. That's a lot to unpack right there because you just threw in like every buzzword and every little uh, future growth strategy that I've ever heard of. And and I want to start like from the beginning. I've done a little bit of background on you and you are a pretty special Thank human. Thank you so much. I mean, you have literally gone from the early days of MTV 
all the way into where we're at now with with all the things you just yep. mentioned. I mean, you have been involved in so much stuff as it relates to to media, um, effective use of media for growth and and growth strategy. Tell us a little bit along that journey. Like, what's been your favorite? What are some highlights that you've seen along the way that have been your favorite part of growth? within ah, that strategy that's a hard question but i mean you know the through line for all of this as you mentioned is always you know some form of of media um media and technology and um certainly right. 18 to 24 34 right so that which we might call junior gen z and um sorry senior gen z and junior <laughs> millennials i always say i was 18 right. to 24 34 before i reached that category um, you know, uh, officially, <laughs> and I will be that 93 year old in the nightclub saying like, what's the hot song or whatever. It's just very intuitive, um, to me. So, um, I love it. what's been some of my like favorite parts of the journey so far, that's really yeah. challenging, but I would say, um, and not necessarily favorite in that they are so, um, maybe beneficial or something like that. Some of them have been very hard, but maybe the, that, you know, you also learn from. So I think my first was deciding right. to be able to start my own business, um, acknowledging that I was an entrepreneur, I guess, from the very beginning. Um, and that right. was and continues to be very challenging, but also very fulfilling. So that would be thing number one and thing which just defines me as a okay. person overall. Um I think I love it. two would be... Um, and that happened a long time ago, though, I right? Say, okay, I mean, first you, of all, Pat, I'm been... still only 21. So not that long ago, only joking. I get it. I, three, years <laughs> yeah, ago, three years ago. Three years ago, right out of high uh, school. Right, right. <laughs> um, but yes, that did happen um, quite a while ago. So I started my a career, I guess, uh, officially after I graduated from Columbia University yeah. in New York City. Um, I was right. um, accepted their early decision. It, I didn't even think about going anywhere else. You know, you're so naive sometimes. You're like, Ivy League school. Yeah, I'm just going to go there. Um, I've always been, as I said, involved in media. I know even when I was like five years old, I would make my own newspapers out of crayons on the floor. It's just something that I came to love the it. earth with. Like, you know, I'm sure if somebody looked at past lives, I was like some media magnet. I love it. So I worked right. on my high school newspaper. We got an award from the J School, the journalism school there, which obviously is very pre prestigious. I went and I was like, this is where I want right. to go to school. I was accepted, of course, English major, um, writing minor, and I um, actually concentrated in the um, philosophy of religious thought because I'm just interested in what people believe in general. So um, cool. somehow that led me to working at MTV. I kind of scammed my way in there a little bit. Um, you know, you have to know somebody essentially, you know, within media and entertainment, it doesn't function like, you know, law or right. medicine. Right. So I really, right. Know. So I really had no, um, no connections. And so I was like, I don't know. I heard from somebody that they had an, uh, an in-house temp program. And I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I didn't even know how to use word or anything. Right. And I managed to get in there yeah. and I just kind of maneuvered my way around. I always had the intent of working at MTV News. For those who are listening who, you know, don't know about a time before TikTok, et cetera, et cetera. Look, this was the only way that you would know about the Cardi B's and things of the I world, know. right? So this was. <laughs> That's the only way. I, I told my kids about MTV. And they're like, what? They're like, and yeah. what? 
Yeah. But it was really yeah. the, you know, the end all be all. <laughs> we were youth culture cult and youth culture was us. And so it was very exciting to work we there were. if you were in the position that you wanted to be in. And um, it was it was right. very challenging, though, like I said, to be able to be there. I was kind of shooed away from the, the news because I hadn't written for Rolling Stone. Why was that the end all be all? Whatever. I started working in production. Right. I'm not per se, you know, in love with production, as you probably already know yourself from doing this. Production is very challenging, right. but I worked there for a few years. Right. Um, understood, I think, really what branding was. What I took from MTV was really about how to brand and why the brand was so important and what a brand is. And I didn't even know about it, but right. I was just absorbing it all. It has stuck with me throughout my career. Right. Um, so I'm happy about that, even though I didn't get to where I wanted to be. Anyway, after a couple of years, I ended up working at what was at the time the hottest marketing company um, in the music industry for hip hop. This was at the time when we call uh -huh. um, the golden era of hip hop, when it was like, oh, Cypress yeah. Hill Black, uh, dropped Black Sunday and Dre's The Chronic and so much more. So uh, major right. labels did not know what to do with this kind of music. It was very new. So a lot of it was farmed right. out. So I was working at a company and I just had different ideas of doing proof of concept. I knew that more in terms of technology was going to be coming down the pike. So I stayed there for a little while and then I was like, why don't you just pay me half and I can work half the other time doing something else. And all he heard was pay me half and that was fine. So I started right. to get my own clients. Right. My first was Virgin Records because they had done a, a deal with Rap-A-Lot Records. Remember Rap-A-Lot Ghetto Boys and all this back in the day? Um, yeah. One of my first projects yeah. I'm proud to work on was like, Scarface from Ghetto Boys, first platinum album, was one of my clients, and it just nice. took off from there. So I started my business. Awesome. It was called Punch Media Group. Um, at the height of that business, over a 10-year period, I had offices in New York, LA, and in Paris. Um, I started to really gravitate to more things, mobile marketing and so much more, um, and just had the opportunity right. to work on projects with a number of different Notable artists, everybody from, you know, projects before Ice Cube with uh, TBS and Are We There Yet? Right. Um, Eminem's first ever animated DVD, The Slim Shady Show. Um, when Jay-Z decided he wanted to take Rocker internationally, we were hired by his former partner, Damon Dash, to support that in the, you know, the uh, European area to help them break that because out of my Paris office. So cool. it was really wonderful until like many things, you know, it isn't, um, it's very tedious to do what had turned into by that time, digital branding, right? Digital marketing, what we would call now. Right. And you are like, you know, really one painstaking <laughs> post and et cetera at a time. And um, it was just right. a, a bit too much after a little while. It just wasn't really gratifying. And I had actually right. started my, I started to, I had decided to start uh, an additional international business for my company. I went to Paris, set up everything. France and America have a special agreement. If you already have a corporation here, you can set up a, a corporation there relatively easily, whatever. I set up everything. I go back to LA and 9-11 happens, right? And so I was like, do I continue to fly? <laughs> do I not? Whatever. Very challenging period. Right. It helped me to prepare no for, you know, the pandemic and all that, that craziness when you have a business that kind of is inside of a larger, you know, event. Um, but yes, right. it was very it's, hard, especially like people facing and all that. Yeah. yeah, but and there was but there was no support like there was, you know, your grants and all these other things. You really had to just re regroup. Anyway, um, right. That though, in and of itself, was just such a beautiful and continues to be a beautiful experience because I was based there, lived cool. there, but had the opportunity to access, 
you know, the Middle East, Dubai, Oman, of course, pretty much all of Western Europe and create Very different cool. relationships. So I would say that's thing number two. Sorry, you asked for three, right? So, you know, I guess pivotal yeah. moment number one, becoming an entrepreneur. Pivotal moment number two was kind of taking that and maybe scaling it as we're getting to that in a, in a, in a global, right. international, I guess, way. And then kind of moving it into what I'm doing now, which we'll talk about, I guess, more, which is being able to... Um, touch more of a social impact side of that and broaden it even in a greater way, um, which I'm really excited about. Right. So that's my, that's my one, two, three for you. I love it. That's a great one, two, three. And and those are three awesome highlights. And and I don't think most people really understand that the gravity of what you just did in your one, two, three, because, you know, you're talking about a time that I clearly remember, which was pre-email, pre-internet, you know, all these things. And then expanding now into a world where, you know, from our devices, we can get anywhere to anyone, anytime we want to. And so you have really been able to buck a lot of trends and understand how to navigate your business through almost any scenario, which I love, love, love. Thank you so much. Now, in all of that, tell me about your biggest challenge. Like, if you were to pick one thing- We can't be on the podcast all night, Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) pick one pick one challenge that you feel like a lot of other digital marketers or or people that are running uh promotional through the type of digital media that you're talking about what's the big challenge that you feel like you hit and overcame that they might be hitting right now well wow it's a crazy thing because as i said after about a 10 11 year successful run of punch media group i decided to pull back once my team all found additional positions and I started to do what I guess I had always been innately kind of good at, which is being able to see future trends farther out and understand how, you know, younger audiences will connect with them. So I started working on this um, kind of informal research, which turned into formal research, which turned into this book um, that I self-published on Amazon, which Amazon luckily ended up selecting as one of its best new media studies. But I always say it's like, documentaries that win the Oscar, like it gets acclaim, but like nobody knows about it. So my book was like that, (laughs) but it did a lot of things. It helped me one brought me back to the States and um, Washington DC for a number of different reasons where I was asked to speak and then got signed to Uh um, leading authorities, which represents me. Um, I started to be able to do things like create congressional briefings on the Hill around diversity and tech, being able to expand my own personal awareness and my business awareness more around, you know, how does like how do politics interface with business and so much more. Um, But now I guess I've kind of taken all of that to be able to create a new type of concept marketing company, which I call link LNK is kind of spelled phonetically link agency, which that is what Uh it does link depending on who the client is and whatever, you know, with either a specific audience base or whatever. Um, But right. The question is, how? what's the biggest challenge? Honestly, I will say that it is um, having enough of a connected network that is supportive and referring. I have to be honest, a lot of times when you are out huh. front doing things, like I could say, yeah. I don't know, I'm an IT specialist and people understand that and so they can refer you and hire you. As you are sometimes true to yourself and as you and your businesses may be evolving and it's not quite easy to 
explain. It's very challenging to refer、yeah. something that's an, an explanation, and I'm not a big one on like. I mean, the way、totally、I work,、agree. I don't you know do Google Ads or whatever. A lot of it is referrals, and it's kind of sometimes hard to、right. be like, well, wait a second. Her agency can help me with digital branding, but she can also help me book artists. But they can also you know give me、um, consulting around how to leverage you know emerging technology、right. or if I want to do this in the metaverse. So it's kind of like you have to be as creative almost as we are, and so that's you know. Challenging,、um, I would say. You know, that's side one, and that is the service business side of my life. At the same time,、right. I'm taking、right. a lot of what I've found as voids in the market to be able to work on an AI-driven media company. The challenge with that is moving from a service mind and、uh, revenue base to that、sure. now of something which is, you know, clearly a product and having to think and talk about. Like investors and how do you do that?、Um, how does how does one kind of invest,、uh, convince those maybe two about investing? That if you have something that's new and it doesn't have traction, sure. What about using traction of what I've already I'm bringing to the space as an entrepreneur with decades of experience? You know those type of things I find right.、Um, yeah, it's challenging for sure. You know, I think that that is a huge challenge. I think most companies. Uh, sometimes even large companies really struggle with how to simply state what their、so? business solves. Wow! You know I, mean?、uh, I think pretty、I'm、much everybody. I'm so glad to hear that because I feel like it's me, and I'm a Pisces, and I talk a lot, and I think、nope. a lot, and so I'm nope. like, "How、It、do、is. you say that?" It's an everyone problem. I'll tell you exactly how you say it. Most people don't know how to tell the story of what they solve. What problem do you solve? And that's the simplest way to, to to describe your business. You know, even your problem when you were describing that to me, the only thing I heard was, "You help a company figure out how to talk to a certain type of person." Absolutely. That's it, right? I mean, what you do in that whole summary of your life experience and your professional career, you are an expert, and I've seen you. I mean, you're published all over the place. Like you are someone who is able to take a brand, take a product or a service, and say, "All right, you want to talk to to Gen Z? Here's how you language、Absolutely. this thing. Here's how you message、and、this thing." And I love、thing. it. And and that that is what you do, Lauren. You are a queen at this. And so thank you. Put my crown. That, as, I hope my crown is from Cartier. No, you definitely <laughs> put the crown on. Put the crown on. Now, as you deal with other people who are who are like struggling with this, and and you've hit walls like this before, how do I clarify what I'm doing? How do I message this the right way? You know, is there someone in your world that you look at and you're like, every time you hit a wall, you, you're able to go to lunch with them, or you just talk to them, and you're like, okay, you just inspired me to to make this pivot or make this messaging change. And I've done it. Like, is there someone you want to give a shout out to today? I, mean, I wouldn't say I would like to be this intimate with this person, but I will say that he has inspired me, or continues to inspire me. Awesome. And our paths have crossed a couple of times in a weird way. I don't know why, but many people、um, are familiar with him in the marketing space. He's like this. I didn't know how much of a God he was until、um, you know <laughs> I went to how many people out here are like familiar with like Ken Lion Festival right so there are、right. I mean I went there a couple of, of、um, oh gosh、um, I'm looking up、uh, something else right now online so I can give you the exact thing but、um, 
I went to Cannes, I was invited to Cannes Lion Festival several years ago. I was um, a contractor contributor in the innovation space for Forbes for many years. So I was covering a lot of it for, for Forbes. Right. And whenever you have the Forbes names attached to you, people just kind of gravitate. It's like a very cool sure, thing. Sure, sure. And so Spotify- It is a cool thing. Had done, you know, if, if anybody's ever been to like, okay, the, the beach, like kind of, like, I don't know what you even call them. They're like experiential areas on the beach that companies will take slices right. of the beach there. And it's just sure. a whole, like a wonderful sure. thing. Sure. So Spotify had their, of course, chunk. I was asked to do, you know, host this um, panel discussion that they had on like diversity and branding, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, Mark Pritchard, the CMO of P&G was there. And, you know, it was him wow. and a couple of other people. But we just kind of really seemed to hit it off during the the panel discussion. And I just felt that he was very sincere. There are a lot of people out here talking about inclusion and whatever. But, you know, Mark seems to really get it. Right. Um, so I don't know. I just felt like I was very inspired by him. I love it. Fast forward about maybe a year after that, I was asked to do something similar at um, Viva Tech in Paris, which is probably one of the like largest by now. It's kind of like if everybody could imagine a CES based in Paris. Wonderful. And so um, <laughs> right. they asked me to, you know, to do a number of stage interviews. And lo and behold, one of them again was with Mark Pritchard, this time one on one. And it was really just great. Uh -huh. So I feel like he inspires me as somebody who That's can awesome. be seemingly sincere and true to himself support and uplift others but still walk the walk and talk it. the talk of the brand and um yeah i think he's he's just somebody cool. that's a compliment there's, that's huge there's not a lot of, i hate to say there's many c-suite people who are not you know what i mean they're saying it but they're yeah. not doing it i feel like mark is just really one of those people and he has the respect of his industry his peers and i like that so if I had to pick a human, I love it. But a lot of times, if I'm feeling like all over the place, I'm a big one for mantras and meditations, and I love this um, particular like what feed on Instagram called Commanding Life. A lot of those reaffirming things I think are really quite important because they do get into deep down into your mind. Agreed. Um, I also listen to this yeah. woman called um, Dana Wild. I don't know if you've ever heard her. She has this podcast. Um, like about brain training, how to train your brain to think about success, whatever it's W-I-L-D-E. I usually listen to her podcast as well for a boost. Um, huh. It's usually under under 15 Love minutes it. as well. Um, and I should be one to talk about Love brevity it. because I'm not being brief at all right now. But she in, is very inspiring. You will be like, yes. Like, I love yeah. it. So those are, my, those are definitely my go-tos. <laughs> I love it. Those are some great shout outs. And listen, I, I absolutely have loved our time together today. This has been an amazing show. I, I know that there's a lot of people who hit these walls and they get, they get frustrated with like changes in their, in their business environment. And you've been able to adapt to so many different changes and grow your business multinational, build a huge team. You're successful. You've been published. You're, you're really living a dream that a lot of people look at and say, I want to live a life like that. And I want to, you know, for you being 22 years old next <laughs> March, um, I think Love that it. this is a great example of how to, how to do uh, that. You know what I, I mean? I really so, appreciate that because I think sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll, I will say, and I'm not one to think about being a person of color and being a woman, but sometimes you do kind of think, well, maybe if I just do this next thing, like I just need to do one more thing. Well, maybe one more thing to be right right there and i don't i don't think that that is helpful 
I also will put this out there as well、yeah. for people who feel that they、um, may have hit a wall. I did this, and I would highly recommend it if it's sincere. I started a social impact initiative called Game Change during the pandemic because I knew what hurdles I faced,、huh. and I didn't want other、um, women of color to face these as well, especially as we move into、right. future media. So I started this、um, initiative to be able to support women of color working toward leadership positions at the intersection of. Mass media and entertainment, and emerging technology, future media, and being、right. able to, you know, create programming and so much more around that, and that has not only been fulfilling just doing it, but I've met so many more people, and of course, so many other, I guess, corporations are open up to you because now you're speaking to them not about、right. your business, not about yourself, but about really truly helping others, and I think that's where we all need to be right I now. I love it. It's really critical. I and love it's it. Fun. Well, when you hit a wall and you and you look outward at who you can help, it always makes everything kind of come together for、it、you.、Does. So I, I can totally resonate. Although with that. I still haven't cracked the code、cool. about how to get corporations to move faster in their interests and needs. And if you know that, that's nothing any of us can fix. Oh, okay. I was gonna say <laughs> that's nothing any of us can fix. What is the story with that? I just want to know that. That's that's another challenge I'll put out there too. Yeah. Next podcast. <laughs> Great answer. Great answer. No, Lauren, you're you're awesome. You're awesome. I I, I honestly I appreciate the time. My pleasure. I hope people reach out. And we're gonna we're gonna put all of Lauren's contact for these initiatives that she's involved in and everything、Ooh. that she's working towards right now in in the show notes. And so we look forward to engaging with you in the future. And and I wish everyone the best. Thanks so much, Lauren. My absolute pleasure, Todd, and continued success with everything that you're doing. So impressive. Was I right or was I right? Lauren is amazing, and she has a knack for connecting businesses to the places that they need to be in order to reach their target audiences. I highly suggest whenever you're in a rut and you're in a, a place in your business where you're just having a hard time messaging the right people. You've got to talk to a specialist. You've got to talk to someone who knows how to message that demographic. It could be forty-seven-year-old、uh, single women who like to knit. Okay, go talk to a knitter. Go talk to someone who's a specialist in understanding what they like to hear. And if you do this exercise and take her advice and in finding the right people to talk to, I promise you, your business is going to have a much better chance of hitting that audience with the right message at the right time and being able to grow your band. Brand in that demographic and scale the way you were wishing you could. So stop taking advice from from everyone that's in your demographic, and talk to people who understand and know what the pain points and what the problems are that need to be solved in the people you're trying to reach. I hope this helps you. I hope this episode has been good for you in your business and has helped you get one step closer to learn what it takes to scale your business. <laughs>